welcome, welcome. Um, I'm excited to be able to bring God's word. God's put something on my heart for about a month and just been percolating there. So um, let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you that you love us. Lord, we don't really understand how much you love us, but we agree and believe that you do. And that you don't just love us, that you also love each person in this earth, each person in our city, each person in our nation. And Father, our prayer today is that you would touch our hearts afresh with your love, Father, so that we can love ourselves and love others and love you. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. It was a prayer meeting several weeks ago that I had a picture of the Lord on a white horse, riding up and down, looking at his army. He was on this white horse prancing, and in Revelation it talks about him being King of Kings and Lord of Lords, written on his thigh. And as I watched him in this picture, um, I thought, Lord, what are you doing? And I, I looked at the army, which is the body of Christ, which is us, we're part of it, and everyone wasn't just standing still like an army does if the you're being observed by the commander. We were all marching on the spot. And I thought, Lord, what are you trying to say here? And I felt him saying that the reason we're marching on the spot is that he is preparing his people for battle. Now, you never go out into battle not prepared. You never go out if you're not fit and alert and ready. And we were absolutely synchronised. Everyone was in time with the beat, but we couldn't hear a beat. But he was saying to me that the beat is his spirit. It's the, it's the Holy Spirit in each one of us giving us the rhythm of what time to be stepping in. And he said, this season you've been in has been apparently of little activity, but... It's been a training time. I'm getting you ready for what is ahead. I'm training you to be in time with my spirit so that when I release you into this season of conquest that is coming, you will follow my leadings, my strategies, my plans, and together we will rout the enemy. And you will see many, many souls coming into my kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I really believe we're just on the edge of that. But don't think that, that, that you're not doing anything marching time. It is strategic. He's tuning your ears to hear his voice so clearly, so clearly. We need to be able to hear it. And he will build his church and nothing, nothing, he says, nothing, not even the gates of hell are going to stop him. One of the prophetic words that has been given to us as Church Unlimited here and all of Church Unlimited is that we are in a new era of conquest. And this includes personal restoration with the promise of Joel 2 verse 25, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. It's personal, but it's also for our city. It's also for our nation. It's also for the nation's. And victories will be won through spiritual warfare. It'll be a time when less people can do more. 
New Zealand and Beyond Conference will be a vehicle for breakthrough in our nation. It's a time when God has promised he will leave us astounded as we partner with him because he is the Lord of mighty breakthrough. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He has all authority in heaven and in earth. And we are his people. Now, when you hear that this morning, does something stir in your heart? Maybe these thoughts, gosh, that would be amazing if it happened. Wouldn't it be? Just amazing. Now, these are the stirrings of faith. They're the stirrings of the faith that everyone's got an ability to believe And that stirring of the faith is that you hear that word, the faith within you starts to stir. Now we have a choice. Will we pursue the stirring in our hearts or will we leave it to dormant or to die? It's our choice. Several years ago, I sensed God encouraging me to do chaplaincy work. Oh, sorry, chaplaincy course first, uh, which involved lots of study five training weekends, and 100 hours of voluntary work in the community over a period of a year. And looking at my life at that time, I couldn't see how I could do it. As I was working full-time and I wanted to spend time with my family and grandchildren. But I was sure it was God prompting me. And so I thought, well, if this is you, God, I can do it. See, if you only look at your own abilities, you wouldn't do it, and I wouldn't have done it. But I know that when God says to do something, he empowers you. There's a supernatural empowerment to do it that's bigger than us. And it takes faith to move into what God has for you. Faith that believes, firstly, that it's God saying it. Faith that then takes the first step. And then faith to walk with God and see the completion of that word in our lives. Now, if I had withdrawn at any stage from walking in obedience to this word, then maybe the people I've been able to connect to Jesus with through my chaplaincy work might have missed out on eternal life. How many of you can identify with some of the Bible characters? I'm sure lots of us can. You often, when you're reading, you think, ooh, I can identify with that person. Just take a minute and tell the person next to you the Bible characters that you most identify with. Have a think about it. It's quite revealing about the person next to you, isn't it? (laughs) You actually get to know a person quite well by what they say. Often it's their humanness, their struggles and their failures that we relate to as they work with God and God works with them. And they also inspire us to think, maybe, just maybe, 
God could use me like that. They stir our faith. And this morning I want to look at the life of Gideon. Now the background of Gideon, if you want to read it at home, is in Judges 6. And we see that Israel had done evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years he gave them over to the hand of the Midianites. So they were in bondage. They were being oppressed by the Midianites. When I read God's word, there's usually, I'm taking it in, but there's a conversation of myself and the Holy Spirit going on at the same time. And when I read that, I think, God, is it possible that you're allowing the enemy to wreak havoc in our nation as a result of people's choices? We carry on with what God, what's written there in, in Judges 6. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain cliffs and caves. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites invaded the country. They camped in the land, they ruined the crops, and did not spare any living thing, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. Imagine that. They camped on the land and ruined the crops. And they came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land and ravaged it. Midian was so impoverished, sorry, Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. I think, what are some of the things oppressing our nation? For me, two things I straight away think of is drugs, especially the methamphetamine, and suicide. And the challenge is, to me, to all of us, will we care enough to cry out to God? A lot of people will be crying in the pain of what they are in, but they don't know to cry out to God. But we do. And we can stand in the gap and cry out for them and make a difference. Now, God responds to the people's prayers. He meets with Gideon. So picking up the story in Judges 6, verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak tree where Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from their enemies, the Midianites. Now, Gideon was providing for his family, but he was contained by the enemy in a small place. The angel said to Gideon, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. How would you think, or what would you think if God came and said that to you today? You're probably going to react like Gideon did. But in this season of new conquest, God is going to come. Jesus has got us ready, marching on the spot, and God is going to come and call you out and say, mighty warrior. And he's going to call us in to do things in the community, in our nation, the nations, to make an impact. But, but, there goes the goat. But, sir, says Gideon, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. And we could ask God the same question today. Lord, where are the miracles that we read about in the New Testament? Jesus promised that we'd do greater works than you than he did. 
That's the sort of question I think in my head back to God. Yes, but I'd be asking the same sort of question. But the Lord turns to um, Gideon. He doesn't answer his question, which quite often God doesn't answer our questions. He just gets straight to the point. He turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. I am sending you. See, God's basically saying, use what you've got. That's enough to do the job. And I would think, well, are you sure? I don't know about that. And Gideon answers, but Lord, again, he's but, but, here he goes. I think we do that too. He says, how can I save save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least of my family. He can't. We can't. But listen to the answer that the Lord gives him. I will be with you. And together we will strike down all the Midianites. Is something stirring in your heart as you hear this this morning? Gideon could have dismissed the word of the Lord and stayed in his comfort zone. But he didn't. He allowed it to go into his heart and then he did to believe that it might be true. That's enough faith for God to work. The challenge is for us, will we allow God's word to take root in our hearts? Will we dare to believe that it might be true? See, Gideon grapples with God's word. I love the word grapple. I looked it up in the dictionary and it says... Grapple means to struggle or wrestle with something. It means to fight, to win something. So when God speaks to us and, and in his word and says things about us, you know, that we're more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us and yet we feel exactly the opposite, are we going to grapple with that? Are we going to fight with it till it becomes part of us? Are we going to believe it till it becomes part of who we really are? That's what Gideon does. He grapples with it. You see, the word of the Lord awakened Gideon's heart. Will he allow it to break through the strongholds of discouragement, defeat and despair that he's living in? He's been so oppressed. They've been so oppressed by the enemy and they're living in such a small place. It's easy for despair, discouragement, all those things to make us feel little and to make us feel so contained we're scared to move out. Notice his next response. And this is what I believe God's saying to us today. We've got to be like Gideon. Look at Gideon's next response. He asks the angel, well, If now I've found favour in your eyes, give me a sign that it really is you talking to me. He is starting to use his faith. That pleases God. That's exactly what God wants us to do. If he gives us a word and we think, well, that's too big, I can't believe that. Then go to him like Gideon does and say, can you prove to me that this is really you talking to me? Because if you know that it's him, you will have courage. If you know it's him, you'll be able to do it. Because 
that courage and that confidence will rise, and it's not of ourselves. It's because he's with me. I can do this. So he prepares an offering, and he places it before the angel. The angel touches it with his staff, and fire consumes it. Phew, Gideon thinks, wow, this really must be God. His faith grows, his confidence grows, his courage rises. God then gives him a specific instruction. Go and destroy the idols and the altar of Baal in your town. Go and do it. Now Gideon's still a bit afraid, but he believes it's God. He's still a bit afraid, so he does it at night time, so nobody knows who did it. You see, if we respond to God's word, we will see our own personal restoration. If God's promise to us, Joel 2 verse 25 is, So I will restore to you the years the swarming locusts have eaten. Do you believe God wants to do that in your life? It's his word. Use a little bit of, you only need a mustard seed of faith. Just a tiny bit. Even if it's, well, he might be able to. You've moved from totally uh, disassociated from that word to actually starting to hold on to it. That's all it takes, little steps of faith. And then slowly you get there. You see, this restoration results in the destruction of idols and strongholds in our lives that are robbing us of the abundant life of Christ that God has given us. A stronghold is a place of safety or a fortress. And you think, well, what strongholds are me? That should be a good thing to have places of safety and fortresses in my life. But no, we can have strongholds, places of safety that we've built up in our lives when we haven't known the Lord that actually are walls to protect us from being hurt again. Walls and habits and behavior patterns that are there to protect us. But you know what? They actually shut God out often. That's why God talks about them being a stronghold and them having to be broken in our lives. It can be thought patterns, habits. And he wants his love to get right into our hearts, into every part of it. And so those strongholds have to be smashed. Those thought patterns that don't include him and his love have to be smashed. And you don't often realize they're there until God shines a little light and you think, oh, I didn't know that that's what I thought. And that's why I have that habit. We go to comfort for things instead of going to him. That's another stronghold. There's lots of them. But God wants to smash those. Jesus wants to set us free from them so that we can be everything he knows we can be. And for this to happen, we need to believe who God says we are, that we're loved by him. All the scriptures, all the word that you read, we've got to believe what he says about us. And then we need to believe that together with the Lord, we can do this. We can see those strongholds broken. But when I'm talking about this, I'm not just talking about our personal strongholds. I'm also talking about those strongholds that are in our city, 
in our nation and in the nations. The same principle applies. We need to believe that together with the Lord we can do this. He says we can do all things he asks us to because of his strength in us. And we need to act on his word. The breaking of strongholds in our lives requires persistent, unrelenting partnering with God's word till we get the victory. I often think of it like a hammer smashing a rock. You've got to keep hitting at the rock, hitting at the rock, hitting at the rock. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening to the blind eye, to our eyes, but there are invisible tiny cracks starting to appear. If you keep hitting at the rock, hitting at those hard places, maybe you'll start to see a few fine cracks. And then the cracks will get bigger. But if you give up, doesn't the, the stronghold doesn't break. You've got to keep at it, keep at it until it breaks. That's just in your personal life, but also in our city nation as well. And remember, like prayer meetings, with prayer, Prayer so often is like that. Pray and nothing happens. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep confessing the word, keep believing until it breaks. Now Gideon's remembered as a guy who put out the fleeces, the sheepskins before the Lord. He put those out to see again if God was really telling him to go and fight the Midianites because that's a bit scary for him. And God's pleased with them. There's such a principle here. When we struggle with fears and insecurities and we need more courage, be like Gideon. Ask God for encouragement. He came through every time, three or four times he did it for Gideon, four times I think, because Gideon needed it. And we, he understands our weaknesses, but we need to go to him and ask him for help. As we break through in our lives, we will help others come through into victory also. Gideon was used by God to lead a small army that were instrumental in defeating the Midianites and setting Israel free from her oppressors. Just stop and think of that for a moment. Wow, could God want to use us, the body of Christ, to do that for our city, our nation, just maybe. When we step out in God, led by his spirit, responding to his word, he will always show us the next step. God doesn't show you all the steps at once. He only requires your obedience to the first step. Then he will show you how to fulfill that word that he gives you. For example, going back to Gideon, he knew God's plan overall. His overall plan was to defeat Israel, Israel's enemies. He got that. The how-to he didn't get. It just was going to be him and God. But how-to, no. No. But then, as he responded to that word and began to open his heart to it by testing God in a way where some people call it, but I don't think so. I think God was so pleased with him. He said, at least using his faith, he's actually starting to believe me, that it could be me. 
God showed him firstly smash the idols. After he'd done that, he showed him the next step. Now I want you to call an army together. He did, and thousands of them said, yes, we'll come and help you fight the Midianites. Again, God gives him more instructions. No, I don't want all of them to help you because they'll think they did it. I want them to know it was, you, it was me that did it through them. So he tells Gideon how to get only 300. So the, he's only got 300. Remember, the Midianites were a vast army, vast army, and 300. Okay, so Gideon's got to take only 300. That must have scared him even more. And God gives him more encouragement. He hears a dream when he's near the camp, and they tell him that um, Gideon and God are going to destroy the Midianites. He hears them telling him. And then God gives him the last key to the puzzle. You're going to fight, you're going to go out, you're going to be... At night time, you're going to have a trumpet. A trumpet? We're mighty warriors. A trumpet. Yes, you're going to carry a trumpet. They would have had a sword. A pitcher, which is a big uh, clay pot with a um, torch, torch, a fire torch like they had, which was inside the clay pot. And God says, you're going to go around the camp, surround the camp in the dark, and then you, at the right time, you're going to smash your pitchers, blow on the trumpet, and I am going to rout the enemy. They did that, and sure enough, the Midianites all turned on each other and started killing each other. And then they were able, those 300 were able to chase them out of their country and um, destroy a lot of them. Wow. I bet Gideon was sitting back afterwards going, wow, did that really happen? He just took obedient little steps. And look what God did. In this era of conquest, God will leave us astounded as we partner with him, the Lord of mighty breakthrough. God comes to each one of us and speaks his creative word to motivate us to step outside our comfort zones. What motivates God to action? His love for people. Everyone is special to him. Because we're created in his image. Everyone is valuable. Everyone in this room is valuable. It's precious to God. Do you believe that? You might not feel like it, but faith says, yes, I will believe it even if I don't feel like it. I want to share just briefly um, short story about my sister because her life is such an example of God doing the miraculous and yet it just took tiny little steps on my part for God to do it. Uh, 30 years ago, I was doing my regular one day a week fast and praying and I was at home by myself and my mum came round and she told me that my sister, who's a couple of years older than me, was on a life support machine. She had attempted to commit suicide and she was not expected to live. And they told us, mum was starting to prepare the funeral 
and they told us that they would turn the machine off the next day and that um, there was no hope for her whatsoever. And this is the medical people. So mum left and I went to the bedroom and I only had faith to pray one little prayer. I didn't know how to pray, what to pray, but one little prayer came out and that's the only prayer I prayed. Please, God, don't let her die if she's going to hell. Was all I prayed. Next day, when they turned the life support off, she survived and she recovered. She did have damaged kidneys as a result, but she recovered. The next step God had me in her life was she moved to live just down the road from us. And God said to me, you know how sometimes God puts someone on your heart? There's like that compassion. Well, we need to be faithful to that. That's God stirring our heart. And I felt God say, I want you to befriend her. I want you to love her and support her. And so I did. And I I, I honour my husband because he allowed me to do that. Because it took time. A lot of my time, phone calls, all sorts of hours of the day and night, uh, visits. And I just loved her and supported her. Now, she said she was a backslidden Christian. And she said to me, don't talk to me about God. So I didn't. I didn't. For five years, five years later, something happened. One day, and I was never talking about God, she asked me one question, and it was, will I go to hell if I commit suicide? She was still in that mindset that that was the only answer for her. I didn't answer her question. Instead, I said, Jesus is real, and he can help you. She responded to the word and believed in Jesus. Her restoration began, and I had the privilege of encouraging her to hold on to Jesus over the next 25 years. Then two months ago, I had the very special privilege of supporting her as she went to be with her Lord and her Saviour. I love the verse God gave me about a year ago for her. In Jude 24, it says, To him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. He was faithful. I encouraged her with that word and he got her across the line to be with him for eternity. This is what Jesus died for. If the musicians could come, that would be awesome. I believe... That as we each respond to God's word, and I believe he's going to call out us out as mighty warriors. Remember, he's got us ready. He's got us ready. And there's going to be a time, and it might be different times for each one of us, where he's going to say, mighty warrior. 
like he did for Gideon. Come out. It's your time. It's your time. He's going to call us out in this era of conquest. He's going to call you out to specific things to do. And that we each have a choice whether we respond to that word. And go in the strength that we have. Don't wait for God to give us more. Just be obedient to that word. That's what Gideon had to do. That word was there and, and he wrestled with it. He grappled with it. And that's how he got there. He grappled with it. He didn't let, just think, oh, it's too big. I can't do that. I can do it because together we can do it with him. He's trained us to listen to his voice. He's trained us to respond to his voice. God cares about us. He cares about our community. We could be God's response to people crying out for help in our community. He cares about people trapped in addictions. He cares about those who have no hope and see suicide as the only way to escape pain and torment. Let's not look at the problems in our lives, our community, our nation, and think it's impossible, it's too big. No, no, let's be different. Let's look at them and thank God with you, we can do this. Together with you, we can make a difference out in the community. We can change our nation. Let's grapple with it, determined to grapple with it, and together with God, move into this new era of conquest that he's got us in. He wants to see lives set free through the power of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Jesus, it's got to be you. You are our Lord and our Saviour. You are also the mighty King of kings and Lord of lords who has all authority in heaven and earth. Help us to respond to the word that you give us, to the prompting of your Holy Spirit. Help us be in step with your Holy Spirit, attuned to what he is saying and obedient to what you show us. And Father, we want to thank you for your heart for us, for your love for us. Father, we ask you to write on the fleshy tables of our hearts. Help us believe how much you love us, how much you care about us, how precious we are to you. And help us let you give us a heart for our city, our nation, and the nations. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I've asked the musicians to sing, or us to sing with them, if you'd like to stand. Commission my soul.